So let me jump in, and I do want to leave you with a, a word this morning. Zechariah 4, starting with verse 6. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? I want to preach this morning for a few moments about God's enabling grace. God's enabling grace. How many is thankful for the Lord's grace and mercy today? Amen. The Bible has a lot to say about that subject, grace. 125 times the word grace is found. 16 out of 21 epistles in the New Testament begin with the words, Grace be unto you. The book of Ephesians talks about the riches of grace, the glory of grace. The Bible speaks and talks about four different types of grace. And I'm not going to deal with all of those. I'll highlight those, but I want to focus on God's enabling grace. Evidently, grace is an extremely important word in the Scriptures. So we need to understand the concept of grace. First of all, the Bible talks in Ephesians 3 that there is saving grace. For by grace you are saved, not by works. Amen. And his grace is what saves you, not you earning it, not you deserving it. Amen. We're saved by grace. Anybody thankful that you're saved by grace? It's nothing you can earn, nothing that you deserve. Grace. Somebody say grace. Then the Bible talks about justifying grace. It says, by grace we're justified, thereby we have peace with God. When you're justified, it means this, just if I'd never sinned. Just if I'd never sinned. There is a grace that comes over you that when you sin and then you confess that sin and watch this, then you walk away from that sin and you change your actions, then God will completely cover you and justify you. His grace saves you and then it justifies you in the eyes of God just if you had never sinned. And then the Bible talks about teaching grace. And I believe this grace is not taught about, preached about enough. And there is a lot of misconception and confusion about teaching grace, especially today. The Bible says that the grace of God has appeared unto me, and listen to this carefully, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust and causes us to live sober, righteous lives. And I want you to hear me today, church, when people say, I'm under grace and I can live any old way I want to, I'm under grace, I can cheat, I can lie, I gave my heart to the Lord and now I'm under grace and I've got a license to sin and I, there's no repercussions, no consequences, I'm here to tell you that is not, that, that is not true, that is a misconception, that is confusion sent from the pits of hell. Just because you get saved and there's grace, that does not give you a license to go from that point and live any old way you want to. The scripture says grace teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. And it causes us to live sober, righteous 
lies. People say, I'm under grace. I can live how I want. I'm under grace. I can sleep with my girlfriend, and it's okay, even though I'm not married. I'm under grace. I can commit commit adultery. I'm under grace. They're not under grace when grace comes. It begins to, it, grace will begin to teach you to live a holy, consecrated, dedicated life. If what you have, listen to me, if what you have is not making you want to become more like Jesus, then you've got religion. You don't have grace. And you sure don't have Jesus, because if you got Jesus... He'll want, you'll want to change, amen. You won't want to keep living in sin. You won't want to keep reverting back to your old lifestyle. Grace will transform you. And woe be unto those who are preaching that you've got grace and you can do anything you want and be okay. Grace will give you the power. Listen, grace will give you the power to walk away from who you used to be. Grace teaches us to abstain from ungodliness and to honor God with our lives. But then there's the fourth kind of grace, and that's what I want to focus on for just a moment. It's called enabling grace. Paul said three times, I prayed for God to remove the thorn of flesh, and three times God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, Paul took his thorn in the flesh to the throne of grace, and God didn't remove it. Sometimes God will do miracles instantly because that's how we like him to do it, don't we? Amen? But sometimes God will allow grace to come on you that will enable you to go through and overcome the obstacles that are before you. That's why Hebrews 4 said, Let us therefore come boldly before the grace that you might obtain help in the time of trouble. Do you know there is a place where you can get where God's grace will come up on you and even though you may have real issues and you've got real problems and you're facing real challenges, there is something called enabling grace that will empower you to overcome, that will empower you to defeat giants, to defeat mountains that have gotten in your way, and it's called enabling grace. How many want some of that or need some enabling grace today? I do. I've got some mountains. I've got some problems today. God can help us today. And that's what got a hold of Zerubbabel. We read about Zerubbabel. He said, I'm going to rebuild the temple. I'm going to rebuild the walls. I'm going to rebuild. And he began with the temple. He laid the foundation. When he he laid the foundation, instantly the Bible said that a mountain came up before him spiritually. And he said, who is this mountain? Who are you? And I like the fact that Zerubbabel started talking to the mountain in his life. Do you know in Mark chapter 11, the Bible says we're to speak to our mountains? Mountains represent problems. Mountains represent obstacles that get in our way. Mountains represent things that come to stop us and hinder us and defeat us. And when this mountain popped up in Zerubbabel's life, he refused to let the mountain intimidate him. What did he do? He started talking to the mountain. He started speaking to the mountain. That's what Jesus said we're to do. Whoever shall say, Say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and not doubt, but believe these things that he says, it will come to pass. And Zerubbabel said, who are you, old mountain? Tell me who you are. 
Who do you think you are? And I'm putting, I'm translating it in today's English. He said, because by the time my God gets through with you, you're about to become a smooth plane right before my eyes. And I don't know who I come to preach to today at Mount Holly Church, but some of you in this room and some of you watching this today started out and God started the miracle and now you're facing an obstacle and you're facing a mountain and you feel like giving up and you feel like saying it's not going to happen. You've tried before and failed and you said, I'm just going to throw in the towel. I have come today on assignment to remind you that you serve a God who doesn't just give you saving grace, who doesn't just give you justifying grace, who doesn't just give you teaching grace, but he'll give you enabling grace that when the mountains come before you, hey, when you come on and speak to them, he'll make them flat before you. Praise God. Does anybody believe we serve that kind of God today? If you do, come on, give him a shout of praise. He'll give you a grace that smooths the mountains out. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and tell them things are about to smooth out for you. The Bible said he was frustrated. He was in a building project, Zerubbabel was. He was frustrated. His building project had had been shut down. Nothing had happened for 16 years. The dream was fading away. And I've come to remind somebody, hear me today, God never starts anything. He does not have the power to finish. The question is, can he find somebody that's willing to hang in there long enough and hold on until God makes a way where there's no way? That's the question for you today. We give up too quick. We walk away from miracles before God can do what he wants to do. And sometimes you just have to get, get plant your feet, get still, and say, I'm going to be faithful in a little. I'm not going to despise the day of small things. And if you hold on long enough to what God started through the times when the obstacles come, there will come a time when God's set time will come. And I know some of you here have been holding on and you've been looking at a mountain and God started working, but then it looks like it's gone away and the prophet did this. He came to Zerubbabel in those discouraging moments. And this is what he told Zerubbabel. The prophet gave him a word. He said, I know you've tried before, Zerubbabel, but these are the two words, begin again. Somebody in this room today needs to begin again. Begin again. I know you've tried before, but the word of the Lord for somebody, and you know who you are because it's bearing witness with your spirit right now. You need to begin again. You need to try again. You need to believe again. You need to dream again. You need to hope again. You need to pray again, church. You need to praise the Lord again. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and tell them, say, it's time for you to begin again because God's going to finish what he started. And there comes a season when he says, begin again. The prophet said, now here's what you're going to do. Zerubbabel, I want you to go get the headstone. Now this is strange. This is not normal. The prophet said, get the headstone. Listen, the headstone was the final stone that would go in the building project when everything it was, it was done. Kind of like today when you have a red ribbon and the building's done and you cut the red ribbon, you have a ceremony uh, and, and, and it's done. You, you, 
This is what they did then. They'd bring the headstone, the last stone, and they'd put it in place signifying the project is done. But, but, but there's something going on here that it had not been completed yet. He's got, Zerubbabel has only laid the foundation. He's got problems on the outside, on the inside. They're frustrated. He's got stacks of stone and metal laying all over the place. Nothing has happened for 16 years. And the prophet gives him a word from the Lord that says, go get the headstone, the final finishing stone taken put it on the building site and then he says something stranger he says I want you when you do it to shout grace grace in other words the headstone represents Jesus Christ he's the stone the builders have rejected he's the stone that cried on the cross it is finished and you get focused on the stone in other words don't look at all the rubble laying around don't look at the frustration don't look at the problems on the outside and on the inside I want you to take the capstone which represents Jesus Christ I want you to focus on him who am I preaching to and I want you to go get that headstone that represents the complete a job and I want you to put it in place and shout grace 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 hallelujah I'm sure Zerubbabel's thinking are you kidding me are you crazy Nobody's out here. Nothing's going on. We don't have permits yet. The building project's been shut down. It's been dormant for 16 years. We don't have any money. We don't have a bank. We don't have... It's, but the man of God said, take the headstone. This is the final piece. And he said, speak to it. And so I can hear it see Zerubbabel. Grace, grace. Probably felt crazy. I'm talking to a stone. And I can imagine the prophet looking at him and saying, I didn't say whisper it, I said shout grace, grace. And I can imagine the prophet saying, I didn't say shout grace one time, did I? I said shout grace, 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 grace. And all of a sudden, when he started shouting grace at the headstone, one translation of the scripture said people started running all over top of themselves. Here comes one bringing building material. Here comes another who knew how to do masonry work. Here comes one with the glass. Here comes they're coming out of the woodwork from everywhere. They're coming from the north, south, east, and west. And in this, I see a powerful truth for us today. Because you know what it is today to stand in the challenge of the incomplete. You know what it is to stand waiting for God to do what he said he's going to do. You know what it is to stand and wonder, God, did I hear you right? I know what you promised, God, but I'm not feeling it. I'm not seeing it. It's been 16 years and nothing has happened prophet said thus says the Lord now that you've started shouting grace grace at that incomplete vision that God's given you you're saying grace grace you're calling on his enabling grace I can do all things by grace I'll get the favor then they'll come the finances I'll get everything I need to build what God told me to build grace grace and the scripture said the prophet said that the hand of Zerubbabel has laid the foundation and he said the hand that laid the foundation is going to be the hand that finished it do not despise the day of small beginnings grace grace he said it's going to happen he's going to give you enabling grace to finish the dream that he's given you all all of us know what it is like to have unfinished things. And you may be here today and you're saying, Pastor, what do I do? 
began to shout grace, grace at it. When he began to shout grace, grace, miracles started happening. Miracles started, and this is what I've learned. This is what I've been trying to get to. When you know God's given you a vision and obstacles tell you it can't happen, don't you let for one second that mountain talk you out of your miracle. You open your mouth, don't wait on somebody else, and you say to that mountain holding you back, grace, grace. And when you say grace, grace, you're saying, I know I cannot defeat you in my own strength and power, but understand, mountain, I'm not fighting in my own strength and power. Jesus Christ hung on a cross. He shed his blood, and that blood contained grace, and that grace will enable me to do what God has called me to do because I have an assignment on my life. You've given me a vision. You've given me a dream. And God, you told me and reminded me it's time to begin again. So, mountain, I'm going to finish the dream that I've started and I don't care if it has been 16 years it's going to happen some of you here today and watching have a mountain of addiction some of you have a mountain of alcohol mountain of pills and drugs how do you defeat it grace grace I've learned this and I'm not just saying this you can ask my wife and my children. Many years ago, I, I've preached about this, and I've heard it preached most of my life about grace, grace. When my kids were little and we were pastoring another church many times and we were going through some challenges, we'd get in the car and when we'd ride by that church building, we had taught our kids and family to stretch their little hands out toward that church and just say, grace, grace. God, you know... I can't fix it. I can't do it in my strength and power, but enabling grace can do it. You come to where we live right now and you go into a couple of our rooms and you'll see something where I typed up in bold letters the two words grace, grace, and we framed it and they're on, on a couple of tables in our house to remind us. Even my daughter, we put one in every bedroom and I believe even in my daughter, she's married and moved out, it's in her bedroom today. So we're facing some mountains, church, that we cannot fix. And we need the enabling grace of God to help us today. Will somebody just say grace, grace with me? Will somebody just shout grace, grace today? Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's not a magic formula, but it means God. It's out of my hands and I put it in hands that are powerful and strong. Hands that can finish it and bring it to pass. It may be a lost loved one, a lost child, a lost spouse. I don't know what mountain you're facing today, but I know God's enabling grace can finish what he started today. I want you, church, today to get a hold of this. How many of you today would say, I need God to move a mountain today. I need God to level a mountain before me. I need God to make a mountain become a plain, make it flat, make it smooth. How many here today would say, Pastor, I've, there's some things in my life I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for God to do. I know He said it. He started it, and I'm, I'm tired. I'm discouraged. I've not seen it yet, and I need God to move. There's mountains and hindrances that are holding me back today. 
I want to tell you, nothing is impossible with God today. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. You and I need to learn to become great shouters today. and Just begin to shout grace, grace. We need to learn to start speaking to our mountains instead of them speaking and dictating to us what they're going to do. I refuse, amen? I refuse for mountains and the enemy to tell me what they're going to do in my I serve a great God today. Powerful God today.